Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coming soon to a real estate transaction near you, the homicidal home inspector. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Deal killing home inspections. Not that that ever happens. Well, it might not have happened for many of you for it's possible you could have lived an entire decade in real estate without ever really having to negotiate home inspections, if we're being honest. And what we're going to be doing today is walking. You like that? The homicidal <laughs> home inspector. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be walking through what Julie has prepared enough points. That there's zero chance we're getting through all of these incredibly important points on uh, today's presentation. Julie's got 10 points. These are specific drill down tips. We're going to get through as many as we can in the half hour that we've got allocated for today's presentation. But in the meantime, remember all of the notes, all the drill down specifics of everything that Julie is going to be presenting and while Julie and I are going to be presenting to you guys today. They are all available for your immediate access over in Premier Coaching and Premier Coaching is free. So if you want the continuation of today's show and you want the whole specific drill downs, because this is, as you guys are about to discover, is going these home inspecting issues, along with the lending issues we talked to you about yesterday, these are going to be the two biggest, uh, I think, um, problems that many of you are going to experience. And by many of you, not just practitioners, not just agents, not just boots on the ground agents, office managers, brokers, all the people, quote unquote, in leadership, I have all these real estate brokerages, if they have not been in the business for at least 15 years, but let's just give them a little bit of leeway. How about 12 years? They do not know, have any clue about what this market is about to become. They just don't understand because they've never done it before. People have a, um, they put walls up around learn any information that they have not personally experienced. Everyone does this. Julie and I do it. That's the reason of the reason that we always advocate, you know, obviously reading books, listening to podcasts, doing things to expose yourself to people that think bigger, think differently and have more experience than you. And if your uh, situation now is you've not been in the real estate uh, market for many market cycles, and now you're, you know, wondering why your deals are dying. This is the reason that we've been doing these podcasts for you guys to help you understand really what you don't know so you can learn what you don't know as fast as you can so you keep your deals together. This is where the rubber meets the road. We're not talking about dream boards, your big why, or your goals. We're talking about how to make it so that you have money, so you're helping people, so you're doing your actual job. That's what being a successful real estate professional is all about. So we're going to go through these points. Now, I want to, just getting back to point though, if you want all of these notes, if you want to know specifically how to work through some of your inspection issues, which some of you have never experienced before, that is waiting for you over on Premier Coaching. And Premier Coaching is free. And you can join Premier Coaching now by simply texting Premier, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, -E over to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Do that now. Text the word Premier to 47372. If you're outside of the continental United States or don't want to text for whatever reason, just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members.timandjulieharris.com. And this information, as well as the real estate treasure map, the 90 day massive action plan, which again is absolutely critical that all of you employ immediately. 90 day massive action plan is going to tell you exactly what you should be doing every single day, thus the name for the next 90 days. And what do you do on the 91st day? You start it over again. The real estate treasure map is your fill in the blank business plan. Scripts on how to get price reductions. Scripts on how to get listings. Scripts on how to list FISBOs, expired, centers of influence, notice defaults, probate. All that stuff is waiting for you for free. So just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Um, and also remember, guys, this does include a daily semi-private coaching call, a live coaching session with a Harris certified coach. Every work day, Monday through Friday, you can attend and ask questions, have direct interaction with your Harris certified coach, and you're also going to get immediate access to our private members only uh, group page. So again, text the word Premier to 47372, or just go to members.timandjulieharris.com. All right, Julie, let's get to it. Yes. Yeah, so today again, we're discussing how to deal with the dreaded home inspection. Here's a fact. Buyers are already getting more control of the transaction and home inspections are happening again. 
So are home inspection negotiations. Worst case scenario, this becomes a secondary point of negotiation. And that was normal for many years until our, our recent you know, hot seller's market for many years. So everything could be on the table, including the purchase price, concessions from, the, from either side, and even the deal itself. And that includes concessions from real, realtors sometimes. This is a critical skill to improve upon, so you'll virtually never lose a deal due to failing home inspection items. Just drill down on what Julie said. What has happened, well, again, what happened in a normal market is that oftentimes the house would be put in contract if everyone would agree to the price, the terms, the condition, all the rest of it. But then what would happen is there would be a secondary negotiation at the time of the home inspection. Now, we teach you in Premier Coaching how to, as a listing agent, avoid the secondary, um, uh, you know, essentially the secondary negotiation at the time of the home inspection. We tell you techniques to make that a non-issue. But what you're going to be experiencing on the buyer agent side of the uh, equation is the buyers are going to quickly wise up to the realization that they don't have to accept a substandard property anymore and they're going to have home inspections done. If you don't have the skill set to know how to work with the home inspectors and work with the buyer to help them explain what's what matters and what doesn't, home inspectors won't do that. Nope. Home inspectors are just going to send over a big, scary-looking report and the buyer's going to think it's the worst house ever. And whereas you guys previously never had home inspections done, so you don't know what it's going to be like to deal with the emotions of the buyer who thinks that somehow you're the bad guy because somehow you sold them a bad house, right? Yeah. And a lot of these home inspection issues will not be on the property disclosure form because the seller did not have the house pre-inspected, so the seller can claim ignorance. This is the knowledge gap that all of you guys need to fill urgently, otherwise you're going to lose deals. So what do you do when you get that big grocery list of what the buyer wants fixed? Well, the first thing is don't give up and don't freak out. So these first two points are a little bit of preemptive strikes, and then we're going to get into some nitty gritty here. Mm -hmm. So point number one, listing agents, consider having seller's coverage from a trusted home warranty company at the time you take the listing. Many items will be covered, including the HVAC system, the plumbing, and the electric, and the cost isn't even paid until closing. And furthermore, it's not very expensive to do this. This is going to help with minor but common issues. What it doesn't cover is the roof or the foundation, but you know, probably 80% of the time, it's the major systems that come out on an inspection. Expand on that point. So Julie, and I know some of you are rolling your eyes thinking, what the hell did Julie just say? Well, make it real simple for you. When you take the listing, get the seller to take out the home inspection, or I'm sorry, the homeowner's insurance then. Home warranty. Home warranty uh, then, which would normally be something, and again, I know many of you haven't been dealing with this, but in a normal transaction where there's a balanced market, let alone a buyer's market, the seller is always paying for the home warranty on behalf of the buyer. In most markets, that's the way it works. Now, what we're suggesting is you get the seller to actually take out the home warranty uh, policy at the time of the listing and then have anything that is essentially found in the home inspection covered under the home warranty so the seller doesn't have to pay for it. Uh, that you have to do that when you take the listing. And I know that sounds strange that the home warranty companies do that, but they do. So how do you, from a marketing perspective, when the buyer walks in with their buyer's agent and they're looking at homes, if you have the fact that the home is already covered under a home warranty sitting there on the kitchen counter, don't you think that makes the house more appealing to that prospective buyer? Point number two. Yeah, well, it's one of the most smartest things you can do as a listing agent. And no, you don't have to pay for it. And no, your seller doesn't pay oh, for it till closing. And, and by the way, you do get a commission when you sell a home warranty. I don't know what it is anymore. It may, might be as close to a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's not a ton, but it's worth doing. Yeah, so you write a home warranty. You get call on the home warranty on the particular house you're listing, or if you're working with buyers, you call on the home warranty during your uh, closing process. You will be paid a additional commission from the home warranty company. Point number two. Point number two: Buyers agents counsel your buyer about what is appropriate versus inappropriate to request. Now. I know most of you guys haven't been doing them, so how would you know? So here's your guideline. Safety and security items and health risks are typically appropriate to request to get fixed. Cosmetic items are not. The general rule of thumb is if they saw it when they decided to write an offer on it, they knew about cosmetic, they knew maybe it needed the carpet replaced or you know, maybe they didn't love the window coverings. Don't ask for cosmetic stuff. Okay. Well, so. you know what, Julie? I was just thinking. What Another little, uh, those of you who have rental properties, and Julie and I do that, not on all of our rental properties, but we do on most of them. We actually keep an, a home warranty on all of our home, all of our rental properties, most of them. Yep. And we have had, well, what have you had replaced? Hot water tanks. 
Like our property. I did three of them last week. So our property managers will know to call the home warranty company, mm-hmm. and there's you know whatever you have to pay as the deductible. What is it nowadays? One twenty. One twenty, and then you get a new furnace. And then remember also, again, this is just specifically for those of you who own rental properties, uh, you know, homeowners insurance will also cover, in some cases, you can get a, uh, a rider on the policy that will cover if the house is somehow, I'm getting way off of the point here, but it's worth mentioning for those of who might be thinking about buying rental property, because frankly, we're coming up to another time in this big housing. Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of this year, frankly, there's going to be some great deals on prospective rental properties. You can actually buy a rider for your uh, owner's policy that will allow you to uh, have covered if the tenant, for example, trashes the property that missed rent that you would have been receiving had the property not been trashed and you could have re-rented it. That now, is gonna, now that's homeowner's insurance. That's right. different than the home warranty. Right. Just that's so we're true. Clear. Well, you know what? I'm just, my mind's meandering. That's okay. You're, 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 well, you're swimming in the land of home inspections. Well, it, it's yeah. that, but also I'm thinking, frankly, in the next, like I said, the next few months, based on what we're seeing happening on the, uh, you know, Julie and I just listened to all in podcast, mm-hmm. you know, based on what we're hearing and what we're reading, there definitely are going to be some buying opportunities around the Certainly. country. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping these guys are, you know, preparing themselves for what might be one of the best, you know, long-term wealth building opportunities of their lifetimes. And really guys, you have time to, you know, essentially financially prepare yourself, provided obviously you're being transactional right now and you're not just hiding under the staircase waiting Mm -hmm. for the clouds to clear. The new market is here. Just adapt and learn new skills and be prepared for, you know, next six or 12 months from now, you will see a lot of interesting buying opportunities that will create long-term incredible wealth for you and your family. That's right. It is definitely coming up. So here's a note to self. With all home inspection requests, the results will always be one of these four outcomes. Write them down. Number one, the buyer gets nothing. Take it or leave it. They walk or they don't. And again, this depends a lot on the subject property, the purchase price, and the market conditions. Obviously, if the seller has a backup, maybe they're going to just say, go jump in a lake. Now, option two, seller says yes to everything. They figured they'd have to deal with the inspection items. It's rare that it's everything, but sometimes if the list is small, they'll say, yep, we'll take care of that. Now, option three, seller gives the buyer some money to do the repairs themselves based on estimates. And then the fourth option, some combination of the above, such as some repairs done plus some money, which is, I would say, probably the most common outcome. Well, let's talk. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit here, okay? So one of the hardest things to deal with, especially if you obviously don't have a lot of experience, is going to be as a listing agent dealing with a home inspection that has you know a whole bunch of things that the buyer is requesting. Yeah. So the buyer is going to do the home inspection. The buyer is then going to sit down with the buyer's agent, and then they're going to create what's called an unsatisfactory conditions report. And then they're going to send that over to the seller, and they're going to seller to fix, ask the seller to fix all those items. And then the seller is either going to have to say yes, no, or maybe so, which Julie just said. And the same thing can happen, you know, obviously from the, the seller side as well. So one of the techniques that you that agents would need to learn to adapt to is not acting like they're Bob Vila. And so when you get, so let's say you're on the buyer side of the transaction, you get a not great home inspection report, send it over to the buyer and then shut up. Just see what That's the buyer actually has to say before you open your yap. And on the seller side as well, when you get a, a, a home inspection report and an unsatisfactory conditions report from the buyer's agent, send it over to the seller and do not give your opinion. Do not say, okay, now it's time to roll up our sleeves and now we're going to try to figure out how to cut this you know, $5,000 home inspection report you know, to fix all these leaky things down to $3,500. Nope, just let the seller deal with it. And if the seller is smart enough to follow point number one, which is getting a home warranty, they'll say, well, I'll just pay the 120 bucks and get all these things fixed. That's right. So point number three kind of wraps all that up into one. Whether you're on the buyer side or the seller side, what Tim just said, here is your technique. This is so important. Present the list and simply ask them what they think. It is not your job to have an opinion, to be an expert, to play Bob Vila, to be the home inspector. Oftentimes what you are freaking out about might not even be of concern to the buyer. Maybe or, the buyer is a handyman. Well, I, I think of it on the listing side because you and that I too. listed and sold thousands of homes. I remember when we finally figured this out because we would have sometimes oh my 10 or 15 or 20 houses in contract, all listings. And yeah. these home inspections, you know, that required more effort sometimes if not before we figured it out than dealing with getting <laughs> listing in the first place. Yeah. And so Julie figured out, well, let's just send it over to them and ask the seller what they think. And you would be shocked how frequently the seller would say, I'll just get it all fixed. Or, or they'll say, I'm already working on that. Exactly. And I'll, I'll leave the receipt on the counter. Or the seller will say something like, uh, oh, they didn't find this. And we're like, what? Oh my you gosh, didn't... <laughs> I hated that. 
yeah, but they didn't find this. Yeah. La, 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 right? No, I know. And, you know, especially, this is especially true for those of you who are selling in older markets. A lot of the homes that we sold were 1940s, 1960s. There's, you know, it's a house. A house is made of working parts. You're going to have things that come up. So point number four, whether you're a buyer or a seller's agent, actually know what's a deal killer and what's just a request. Now, weaker buyer's agents, and this used to drive me bonkers, they would just take the whole home inspection list and say, fix everything instead of having a conversation about what is a deal killer or what is super important versus what's just a request. Again, focusing on safety items is the rule of thumb here. For example, if the HVAC just doesn't work, you know, the furnace doesn't kick on, the air conditioning isn't cooling, well, that's a reasonable request. Now, if the buyer wants new window coverings, that's pretty unrealistic. It's cosmetic and it is not the point of a home inspection. But with that said, if the buyer is going to ask for, this is the reason that you guys have to learn how to negotiate home inspections, if the buyer is going to ask for window coverings and things that you know might be deemed uh, unrealistic and cosmetic, and the seller just says no, you can kill the deal. And That's if right. there's a whole bunch of listings for sale, and the buyers have other choices, and the sellers maybe have been sitting on the market for a while, the seller's going to have to be the one that bends. And that is called a new market. That yeah, is called being flexible. Right, exactly. Yes, I, you really shouldn't just say no. That's not really a great negotiating technique. All right, so point number five, listing agents. Respond in a timely way with a reasonable response. Now, this is where the skill comes in. Factors for you and the seller to consider when deciding how to respond. And again, this assumes that you've sorted out what's really important versus just an ask. Okay, factors to consider. Is the buyer paying list price or over list price or did the seller take significantly less than list price? Does the buyer have other options they can buy if they simply walk away or is this the only home on the market or close to it? Was the seller going to fix some of these items anyway before closing? Are there warranties on any of the items or a home warranty as we discussed? New construction has builder warranties that last several years and newer appliances may still have warranties in place. HVAC systems as well. A lot of those can have five or 10 year warranties on them or warranties on recent work. What's the total value of the items requested? Actually put a dollar figure on it. You might have to get estimates. Would the seller offer the buyer money or concessions to fix the items versus hassling with repairs? If it's a big ticket, estimates may be needed and you can average several to know what's a realistic cost. Now, can the seller also fix the big items and deny the rest without jeopardizing the deal? These are all elements that go into the mix. Now, here's where the seller has lost their leverage. After the home inspection happens, the seller no longer can deny that they know uh, that they don't know about the items that are needed on the property. So let's say that there are the most, path, maybe even like, for example, it was a rental property. And let's say this rental property, they obviously didn't live there, so they didn't know about the condition of it. The house goes in contract, you know, the, you know, they sell the house or put the house for sale. House goes in contract, buyer agent, buyer, home inspector, inspect the house. You get back this big three ring binder. Those were always my favorite, right? Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, big three ring binder of all the things that were wrong with the property. And then the seller cannot claim ignorance about the property anymore. The seller has to now disclose the fact in the home inspection or home, uh, the dis property disclosure form. What does the seller know? The seller now knows the window seals are busted. The seller now knows the HVAC system is crapped out. Mm -hmm. Seller now knows the electrical box needs replaced. Seller now knows there's, you know, rats. What is it? What's a big bunch of rats? Rat, <laughs> Rat infested <laughs> attic, for example. Exactly. You guys get the point? So now after the home inspection happens, the seller has lost all their leverage. Uh, the, in other words, they now are going to be forced to do the uh, repairs or, and this is usually how a crafty buyer and buyer's agent will do it, they're going to be forced to po pay an inflated value on the cost of those repairs because now they know that the inspection or the property disclosure form is going to make the property less marketable. You guys following me here? Yes. So, so note to self, a really smart listing agent would indeed have the seller get a home inspection prior to listing it. And that's okay? where I was going. Have yes. the house pre-inspected, leave the inspection on the kitchen counter, have the house pre-warranted, leave the warranty on the kitchen counter. It doesn't mean that the buyer won't get their own home inspection, but it does mean that the buyer, well, frankly, in some cases, the buyer will just use the home inspection that's it sitting saves there. saves the money. It saves the money if it's not too old, if it's from a reputable home inspector, which maybe the buyer's agent even is going to refer him to anyway. So you've now saved, you again, made the house more marketable, to remove some stress from the situation, but will you, do you get the repairs on the property done when the home inspection is done on behalf of the seller prior to even putting a house for sale or getting a contract on it? Of course you do. 
Get the checklist done. So now you're gonna have the home inspection. You're then gonna have the list of the repairs that were done. And that is actually putting the seller and keeping the seller back in a position of control. Because what's going to happen is, again, this is the direction the market's going. This is called what normally happens in a uh, essentially a balanced or a buyer's market. The home warranty or the home inspection will happen. The house is gonna need some work. And let's say the whole value of the work is maybe $5,000 or $10,000. Well, what's gonna happen is that buyer's agent or that buyer are going to all of a sudden say the value of that work that needs to be done is $20,000 or $15,000. They're gonna to try to make money on the actual repairs that are needed in the property. This is how the sellers lose their leverage. Follow what your coach is telling you. You have to protect your clients. You have to, and again, on the buyer side, you're gonna to have to coach them or counsel them and this is, by the way, all included in Premier Coaching. In Premier Coaching, they get this buyer's book that you give to them. And the buyer book tells them what isn't done in the home inspection, what to inspect from the, expect from the home inspection, what's realistic, what's not unre what's unrealistic. And, and then you're going to be able to help them to understand what is something that they should ask for versus not asking for, what's covered under the home warranty, whether the seller prepaid for it or not. That way you are also removing stress. Many of you, all of you, 99.9% .9 of you have never even had to have these thoughts before. You do now. Welcome to the new market. Get ahead of the curve. Learn what you need to learn before you learn on the job and lose the deal and don't make the money. Yes. Now, a seller is going to perhaps, especially coming out of a hot seller's market, hand you the objection, well, I don't want to pay for a $500 home inspection. So there's two things to that. Exactly what Tim just said. A $500 home inspection, which tells you what you may or may not have to deal with, what might or might not be wrong, can save you thousands, maybe tens of thousands. And furthermore, it keeps the seller in control because they're the ones, until they're actually in contract or actually negotiating home inspection, the seller's in control of who does the work, how much they pay, getting right. the estimates. They're not freaking out. They're not under the gun because they've got another house under contract. Or do it themselves if they're handy. It doesn't have to be done. Yeah, depends on what it is. Guys, remember, if you hire somebody, this is if you live in a uh, non-rural area. If you hire someone to do roof repairs in your, like, say, an air, a home in a roofing air, or a city area with, you know, real zoning and whatnot, you're going to have to use a licensed roofing contractor. But the owner can do the roof repairs themselves and not have a license. And that goes true for any work that's done in a home that somebody owns. They do not have to be licensed. So they can save work doing if they know how to do it, if they're handy, and they can do it themselves. So these are all just things you're going to have to figure out and learn ahead of time. But again, your job at this point is to see into the future over the next 60 to 90 to 120 days. We are 100% certain the market is going to more aggressively pivot towards uh, essentially skilled agents, but buyer's agents. So if you have to choose right now to uh, whether you're going to make uh, 10 TikTok videos or whether you're going to actually learn how to survive and thrive in this market, I would strongly encourage you to lean into the skill set that's going to be necessary in this market and maybe leave the fluffy passive stuff, the fun stuff aside for your nights and weekends or never. There you are. So point number six, buyer's agents accept or counter with a reasonable response in reasonable time. Keep the deal alive no matter what. There is a resolution, I promise you. Trust me when I tell you there will be a resolution. You cannot give up. Okay, point number seven, and I'm gonna walk you through worst case scenario when the deal gets stuck. You can use some of your processing fee kitty to help pay for repairs. We're not going to talk about this on this podcast. This well, is saved for Premier Coaching. Okay, but what is a processing fee real quick? And we do give you guys this in Premier Coaching. When you take a listing, you're going to give the seller a net sheet. And the net sheet is going to give them three possible outcomes, you know, high, medium, and low, watch the cord, of where the, where the house actually might close. On the net sheet, you're disclosing a processing fee. We suggest that you break the processing fee up into three different fees. Again, this is shown to you on the in Premier Coaching when you look at the net sheets. And what Julie is saying, the processing fee could be $400, $500, $1,000. We know people that charge $1,200 processing fee. That processing fee is in addition to your normal commission, in addition to home warranty commission that you may, well, you may or may not be making because you're not selling home warranties. So moving forward, the processing fee kitty, as Julie just said, could be used again for helping to, you know, cover some of the repairs on some of these deals to keep them together. Otherwise, you're going to be losing commission. You're going to be losing deals. Now, with that said, we strongly discourage you from ever paying for anything on behalf of the seller, especially when they have a ton of equity. Or the buyer, for that matter. Or the buyer, right. That's right. So, so just be yeah. super careful about that. You have to protect 
your revenue from all different sources because people are going to feel entitled to ask for it. You just simply say, you just politely tell them that, uh, no, that you will figure out how to basically make it work through yep. the home warranty. All of these things that Julia are describing to you, the, you know, getting the home warranty ahead of time, getting the home pre-inspected ahead of time, getting the repairs done ahead of time. These are going to help you, A, make you more marketable, A, make, B, make you more appealing, more professional. Uh, they're going to also keep your deals in contract, but it's ultimately going to save your commission because where buyers and sellers always go when, you know, there's a home inspection, let's say the buyer and the seller still want to keep the deal together. They are going to come after your commission 100% of the time. Yes. They're going to say, well, you know, the buyer has chipped in five grand. The seller has chipped in five grand. Now it's necessary, you know, say the, the requested repairs is 20 grand. Now we're asking for the, you know, the listing agent, and the buyer's agent to each chip in five grand. Like what? It's not my friend. Okay. So exactly. But that's it, what happens. We're going down that rabbit hole now. Yes. Okay. So oh boy. we started with worst case scenario when the deal gets sucked, right? So use some of your processing money if you have to, especially on minor items. If it's a $50 fix, then you'll feel okay about that. But you can also, whether you're on the buyer or seller side, especially the listing agent, can again, go back to the home warranty, buy it, buy the warranty if it's not already included. Again, that works well, especially if systems are old, but still functional. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you can put a, you have to put the home warranty on the house at the time the listing is taken. You, you know something well, different? So let's say that, that you negotiated and the home warranty wasn't even discussed. The listing agent didn't put it on and something comes up. Maybe, and here's the typical scenario. The buyer's freaking out. Maybe the inspector freaked them out because it's an older house with older systems. But there's nothing actually wrong. They just feel like asking for a new furnace because, you know, it's 12 years old and it's going to go kaput. Or especially the, ho the uh, hot water tank. That's another one. Okay. So instead of saying, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. We're just going to fix it. Instead, you at that point can the listing agent, the buyer's agent, the buyer or the seller, anybody can buy a home warranty at any time. That's not what I'm saying. On. So when you take, this is the way it worked. This is the way it's worked up until like the last five years. Yeah. So when you take the listing, mm -hmm. if you expect to use the home warranty for the sake of fixing repairs that's to the right. seller. That's right, you do it up front. You, so when you take the listing, that's when you have to put the home warranty on it. Yeah. And anything that craps out during the house, during while the house is listed, even after the home inspection happens, the yes. seller then can use that home warranty that's to get right. those repairs happen. What Julie was saying is if the home inspection happens, let's say there's a home warranty that's now on the deal. Uh, let's say the buyer asked for it. The buyer's agent asked for it. It's in the contract. The seller agreed to pay for it. Let's say the, it's all in contract. Then the inspection happens. Then the inspector, again, there's a lot of really crappy inspectors out there that will kill your deal. Like we said, homicidal home inspectors. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll freak the buyer out about some something that's really no big deal because they have no bedside manner. Totally normal. Ask the most experienced uh, listing agents in your uh, office or marketplace who the best home inspectors will are. They will tell you. They will tell you which ones. They're not only very professional. They know the trades, but they also know how to communicate with people. They're not just, you know, blockheads. So... What then happens is we determine that the house maybe needs a furnace sometime in the next three to five years. The buyer's freaked out enough about this that they're willing to walk away. You can now put a rider. Now, furnaces are actually included in home warranty, so that's a bad example. Let's use power, uh, pool equipment as an example. Yeah, you can add all this stuff on. Yeah, you can add. So pool equipment's not normally included in a home warranty. The a home inspector freaks the buyer out about the home uh, the, about the pool equipment. The buyer then says, I don't know. The home inspector said it could cost $10,000. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to spend the 60 bucks. We're going to put a rider onto the existing home warranty, and we're going to cover that pool equipment. This is all the stuff That's you right. have to learn now. Well, and you're getting the podcast version. You're not even getting the coaching version. Right? Exactly. Okay, so here, here's why. I, I used to love that scenario. Because, and it, again, it especially works on stuff that's older and functional, but somebody's freaking out about it. You just spend that extra writer money and you save the seller from having to replace something that's still working. And it's a really good act of good faith. You're not saying no. This is better than saying no, go jump in a lake. We're saying, yeah, we'll, we'll work something out. Okay? And guys, listen, if you're putting in commission to save deals, it's because you did not do something right beforehand. You're, you're, this whole point of this show and all these notes are available and we're only going to get through like half these points uh, because Julie's about a half hour. Yep. And the reason we're going to limit our shows to a half hour is because we've been watching how long you guys listen and watch. And so they're know, already exhausted. We're, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And, and I did these in order for a reason. Okay. So we're front loading with things to save you from this problem, but let's look at point number eight and then we'll wrap the worst, worst case scenario. You guessed it. Your buyer or seller expects you to pony up and pay for the repairs, not your furnace, not your repair, but it is your deal. 
This is where you invoke the dreaded, some money's better than money, no, some money is better than no money scenario. If you don't have a backup offer and you're about to lose the deal, consider the following. Chip in versus pay for, okay? So let's say it's a $5,000 repair. Maybe you'll offer $500 because you know you've got that home warranty money back there to help out versus losing a big chunk of your commission that you've worked so hard for. And I see agents making two major mistakes. One is just letting the deal die. And secondly, using up all their commission dollars to fix it and end up you know, making 20% of what they would have. Jules, let's give another advanced coaching on this because I'm just feeling generous, okay? Okay. This is going to be good for if someone's trying to negotiate your commission as well. Now in Premier Coaching, we do show you, we, uh, frankly, we've already created a system. So a negotiable commission, usually it's going to be, you know, somebody is just wanting to get it save a point. That's what they're going to say. Well, reduce your commission by a point. You know, Bob down the street said he'll do it for, you know, this percent versus your percents, that percent. You're going to include in your pre-listing pack and your listing presentation, something called the flexible fee commission structure, which will save your deal, which will save it so that you'll get normal commission, but the seller gets the ego win of having felt like they negotiated for a lower rate from you. It's all there, part of Premier Coaching. That's part of our pre-listing pack. Remember, text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to timandjulieharris.com. Remember when texting, message and data rates may apply. But here's a little advanced coaching tip for you guys. When you're dealing with a real blockhead dug in seller and you're going to find these, uh, I would say one out of 20, no matter what the flexible fee commission says, they just want to feel like they got a deal. <laughs> and so never offer a percent, offer a flat dollar amount. Because normal humans don't think in terms of percents. It's only freaks like us that think in terms of percents, They, they right? just want something from They you. want something, right. So here's your scenario. You're sitting in front of a, you know, a seller who's decided they're going to list with you, but they just want to grind you. Again, one out of 20 times, this is going to happen. And they're going to want to have, they're, you know, let's say your normal commission is, let's say on the listing side, 3%. And they're not going to list it with you. You want this listing. It's a great listing. The house will definitely sell. They know it. You know it. Everyone knows it. But they will not list it with you right now unless you agree to, you know, 2.5%. Or, you know, 2% or something. Something silly, right? It's just the seller's ego wanting to feel like they won. Look the seller in the eye and I'll say, I'll tell you what we'll do. And let's say this is a million dollar house. I don't normally do this. Now, remember guys, it's a $30,000 commission on a million dollar house at 3%, right? So, you know, each percent, it represents $10,000. But I'll reduce my commission right now, Mr. Seller, one-time deal by 2,500 bucks. And I promise you, the seller is going to say yes because the seller thinks in terms of cash, not in terms of percents. And you scale that down when you're going down in price point. If yeah. you're dealing with somebody that's trying to, you know, grind you and it's a $300,000 house and it's 3% and it's, you know, essentially each point represents $3,000, offer them $1,000. Do not negotiate off percentages because you'll give up too much money. And that assumes that you didn't use the flexible fee and escape from this whole entire conversation that we teach you in Premier well, Coaching. Well, my point was a one out of 20 people, you're well, going to yes, find, you're e come across even it. with a flexible fee, they're still going to want to grind you because they want to have that win. I know. And what's funny is they're almost always salespeople, aren't they? Yeah. Well, salespeople, yeah, exactly. uh, sometimes attorneys and, you know, there's a certain, you know, and genre that will do it. And it's fine. It's better than losing the whole it's thing. Totally. Don't, don't fall, you know. <laughs> don't lose all your commission over it and don't lose the deal over it. Now that same technique can be applied when they buyer or seller asks you to quote chip in or suffer, you know, at take away at that uh, percent or something like that. Well, so, but Julie, to the, this is also something worth mentioning as we can throw in. Yeah. I know we're trying to round the bend. If you, you will find again, when it's come, let's say it's a $5,000 repair that needs to be done. But let's say there's a pool table that the seller oh, doesn't yeah. even want anymore. <laughs> Maybe the house came with the damn pool table. By the way, when you sell listen sell enough real estate, you'll be accumulating the following things in abundance. <laughs> uh, old car tires, uh, depending on the price point. Pool tables. Pool tables and hot tubs. Yep. You will be in sometimes dining room sets. I'll tell you what you'll never get is that damn stainless steel refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. The Nobody sellers. wants to part with that. Exactly. But you will find yourself accumulating because no one takes a hot tub. And uh, really, you know, that's it. Hassly things. Really. Hassly things. And no one wants to take a pool table. Oh, and sometimes upright pianos. Julie and I, <laughs> after selling real estate, after selling thousands of homes after 10 years, we could have started a business that sold pool tables, hot tubs, and upright pianos. You know, it's hilarious. We actually have a coaching <laughs> client in, I believe she's in Louisiana. 
who over the course of many transactions collected enough stuff, furniture and different oh, items that she actually started her own staging company as a spin-off spoke. So well, there's there's many different uses of that, but your point is and we did you know I didn't include that in this because this is the podcast outline but right uh, we did i can name many transactions as can you where you know we were like okay forget about this whole back and forth business how about the seller just includes their whole fancy dining room set you know the dining room table the hutch the chairs the whole thing because you know they're downsizing and they were going to sell it anyway it's and the buyer's like holy cow i can get that i thought i was going to have to spend like 10 grand on that thing which they probably would and that's the thing like use furniture i mean we're off on a tangent but use furniture like use hot tubs i'm sorry you just have to burn those damn things down <laughs> that's nobody gross. wants somebody's used hot tub but other stuff sometimes well a dining room set you walk in and you want to buy a decent dining room set you know it's going to cost you over ten thousand dollars easy and if you put that same dining room set for sale you're going to be lucky if you get 1500 bucks for it so used furniture has less than no value it's insane how when you walk to when we've consigned stuff we've moved so many times and what we normally do is include all of our furniture in our houses our own personal houses uh, before we move if we're selling them otherwise we just keep them and rent them but you know we've consigned stuff two three times in the last 20 years and it's shocking how little things that you thought were worth. Uh, you know, if you want to really have a sense of what things are worth, go to a um, home consignment store or an auction. Yes. Or also Facebook Marketplace is a good place to see yep. what things are going for. I see stuff all the time where people are like, you know, it's free as long as you just pick it up. Exactly. Well, it, that's so that's the bottom line. So when you're working through a lot of the, you know, essentially the little deal points that you're going to have to be juggling in this new market as the buyers start to have more control, you have to think creatively. You're going to have to think out of the box. And then you guys want to have, some of you are thinking, oh, like, Tim, I need to work on my brand. Where am I? My brand, my brand, my brand. This is how you build a killer reputation, knowing how to do stuff like this, knowing how to do stuff like this and scale. The people that talk to you a lot about building your brand, have you noticed, have never actually sold real estate in a real market, the one that we're entering into, or it never sold real estate at all because they don't know the skills that they don't know. And so they think that all you're supposed to be knowing how to do is branding. Branding has become a replacement word for something that could only be earned over time of long periods of time of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And it's called a good reputation. You cannot buy a good reputation. You can try to fool people that are easily fooled with branding, but you cannot buy a good reputation. Good reputation comes long-term good reputation. That's the ultimate brand. You want to do a business. You want to do business. You want to get the house sold. You call Bob. No, I've never, you know, Bob's not on social. He's not on TikTok. He wouldn't know a Facebook that bit him in the ass. But the fact is, is Bob's the guy you call when you get the deal done. That's the market we're going into. You cannot fake skills, people. Are you listening? All right, let me finish out this point and then we'll save the rest for Premier Coaching because it just gets hairier from here. <laughs> okay, so yep. again, uh, chip in versus pay for it. In our $5,000 scenario, maybe the $500 from you is going to make everybody feel okay. But if it's possible, get the seller and buyer to meet in the middle and you don't contribute. Again, at $5,000, $2,500 a piece, done deal. Okay, the seller knows that it's going to the repairs. You can escrow it. There's many ways to do that. Uh, you can also try splitting the repair four ways. Occasionally, I would end up doing this, especially on higher price fixes. The buyer, the seller, and both agents split it four ways. That way, everybody is participating. You don't go directly to this. This is just like, you know, you're, you're one of your last choices. Now, the other thing is if the seller, and this comes up quite a bit less so now because people have more cash on hand, but I think we're going to go there. If the seller wants to do the repair, but doesn't have the cash to pay for it on hand, this is like roofs and, and, you know, foundational issues, expensive stuff. You can many times find a repair person who can be paid in full at closing out of the seller's proceeds. You just submit their receipts to the title company. The title company puts it on the settlement statement. It is taken out of the seller's proceeds, just like title fees and your commission. That on. right there is a killer point, And we're going to end the day or in today's show there. But you guys better remember what Julie just said, because that is the world that we're entering into. Equity rich, cash poor. That's what a lot of America, unfortunately, because of this inflation, which is not going away anytime soon, it is leading to a recession. If we're not already in a recession, it is going to cause unemployment. That is the cycle that we're in. We can deny it all we want, but the reality of it is, is why bother? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And you are in, frankly, guys, you are in the most blessed position. 
assuming that you're willing to do what you don't want to do and you don't when you don't want to do it at the highest level, learn the skills necessary to be of service to other people in this marketplace because in a market like this, when you have the skill sets, you will get the calls. <laughs> you know, you're going to be doing multiple transactions because you are the one who knows how to put the deals together. This is no longer like a beauty contest of who looks best on Instagram. This is going to be based on skills. I'm going to end with you a really interesting story. And this is a story about our dearly beloved departed French bulldog, Louis. Oh, okay. All right. So Louis was uh, of the light of our lives. This was before we had Zoe, our human French bulldog. <laughs> That's right. And, or Max or Ollie. He was our original. And Louis had, let's just say, a very complicated... Uh, uh, life health wise it, he was maybe healthy for what six months at a time yeah and then he developed some new scenario but I remember he had a what was it on his back or something remember yet it was like got... some disc issue on one of his uh part of his spine right which was pretty you know it was normal yeah. for French bulldogs right yeah. so if you have a French bulldog remember we're telling you this and he, anyway so oh, he, he had an extra vertebrae that had like fractured or something right but if he didn't if we didn't get it fixed that he was gonna be paralyzed yep yeah and, you know, you can put French bulldogs and dogs in carts, but it's not a good scenario for the not dog. Good. Yeah. So we went to the vet and the vet said, I'm going to give you guys two options. The first option is somebody who's really nice, really, you know, he has in this vet, this vet surgeon had a social following and people really like him. Overall and he'll nice guy. And you guys will want to go out for drinks afterwards and really, really nice guy and all the rest of it. Or I can call on this other guy. He's probably going to, he's going to come in and he's going to get the job done. He, generally speaking, is going to be very drilled down, very analytical, very precise, very professional, is not going to want to socialize, going to give you the least amount of information possible so he can just get the job done and get on to his next procedure. But this guy is excellent. So I can have you work with the social liberty gibbet, or we can have you work with the guy that's actually going to get the job done. We didn't even blink. We knew which one we wanted. Get it done. We chose the jerk because the jerk got the job done. And we were confident that this guy was going to get it done 100% of the time because of his reputation. That's right. Because he had earned the right to have respect in the community from having helped, in you know, that case, thousands of other dogs not lose the use of their back legs. That's the guy for us. That's the market that we're headed into. And if you are naive about that, because you're in your own lifetime, you've never experienced a market like this, so you can't fathom it just for a second. Listen to this podcast 10 more times and let it bounce around in your brain because that is what the market's going to become. Why would you suffer through having to experience something yourself in order to know that what we said was going, you know, was accurate. Learn from the mistakes of others. That is your mission at this point. Get ahead of the curve. If you want to have an unfair advantage in this marketplace, it's not going to be done, you know, through social. It's not going to be done through really any of that stuff. It's going to be done through your proven ability to consistently get the job done for people long term. Just like when Julie and I were choosing the vet for Louie. That's right. So going forward, your script cannot be oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with that, or I don't know what to do, or what should I do? You're going to have a lot of those experiences between financing issues, which we discussed yesterday, inspection issues, which we discussed today. And again, we're trying not to completely freak you out with this shift. We're giving you the podcast version, the 30,000 foot, to just give you a taste of what to do about it. This is why we have Harris certified coaches who have all been through this multiple times. Lots of experience trained by us. You go to your daily semi-private coaching session. You say, oh my goodness, this is the first time I've dealt with this. I don't want to lose my deal. What should I do? Now, they're going to make sure that you listen to this podcast, but then they're going to give you a lot more support coaching and exactly what to do, and A, even, B, and C. And even between calls, if you need help, you can ask, you know, even ses between sessions, you can ask for help. We want you to succeed. We are partners with you. In some cases, literally, if you're part of our EXP group, we're partners with you in this market transition. We're, we're not going to blow platitudes up your, you know what, we're <laughs> going to tell you the truth. The, the world is not in a mindset-y place right now where we should be focusing on luxury items like essentially worried about your dreams and your goals. All these things are important. They have a place. But right now, as we're in this transitional phase, guys, in our opinion, what you should be focusing on is drilling down, filling up your knowledge gaps so you can be of service to people. You have to accept the fact that you are more, and this is not an insult, it's just actually if you accept it, it's a relief. There's four stages of learning and you guys can Google this yourself. We've done podcasts on this. It's also in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. The first phase of learning is called Julie Harris. 
unconscious incompetence where you don't know what you don't know. All right. That's where most of you were. Then you listened to today's podcast and now you're moving over to the next phase, which is conscious incompetence. Aha. There's stuff I don't know. That is the blessed place to be because if you learn, if you are allowing yourself to move past your ego's resistance into that second phase, then the next natural thing you're going to want to do, you have to do it because it's urgent for you to do it. You will not be able to sleep at night unless you do it is you're going to have to Start filling in that knowledge gap because you don't want to have that immense feeling of insecurity of knowing that you're not prepared for the market. That is going to be where most of you are after listening to today's podcast or any of our podcasts. That is where we're trying to put you because if you're willing to get to that point, you will survive and thrive because of this market. Where most of you, some of you, you're going to listen to today's podcast and you are going to rush back down to the first level and you're going to put on the blinder and say, I don't know what they're talking about. Doesn't really, my market's not changing. Everything's fine. I don't need to do anything. I'm great. I'm just going to go, you know, make some more Instagram posts. I'm going to go lean on someone's Lamborghini. I mean, that's what some of you are going to do. You're going to rush from what we're telling you, or you're going to say, that's not relevant in my market. That's never going to happen. You're not going to be prepared. And then you're only going to discover, and it'll be a year from now or two years from now. You're going to say, I listened to your podcast and we do hear this and it is unfortunate. Well, it's fortunate you listened. Unfortunate you didn't take action. I listened to you guys, but I didn't do it. I wish I would have, because I can imagine where I would be now had I listened. That is this, unfortunately, the path that many of you are going to take. Probably 50% of you, are not going to take seriously what we're telling you. So you're going to slide back choosing to be, you know, I'd say blissfully ignorant. Now, for those of you who do decide that you are going to accept that there's a lot you don't know, you're then going to learn what you don't know. The next phase and the phase after that are exciting. And the next phase, Julie Harris. Conscious competence. Now you've got some skills going. This is so fun to see from coaching clients, Tim, because they'll learn their scripts, their objection handlers, they'll get their presentations in line. They'll follow the stuff that we do both in the podcast and coaching. And they'll say, you know what? Bring it on because now I've got some skills. Maybe I don't have all the skills. I'm still working. I'm still learning. I'm going to my coaching sessions. But now I've got confidence to move forward in this market. Conscious confidence equal conscious confidence. competence equals confidence. Conscious Correct. competence mm-hmm. equals confidence. Yes. And that's really where you start building momentum. Because once you start feeling confident, how many of you don't go after sellers right now? How many of you sort of put blinders on as you drive past or for sale by owner? Because you don't know what to say, don't know how to handle the objections, don't know how to get the house prices, don't know how to deal with all the things that are necessary in a market like this. How many of you ignore that? Well, that's going to result in what? You not helping that person, you not making money, potentially having done dozens of deals just off that one listing. Okay, I'm going to give you a short example straight out of our coaching sessions from about two days ago. And this is from agents learning and going through this transition. Okay, so the question from several was, I've got a listing and these unrepresented buyers keep calling me and wanting me to show it. And I keep telling them, unless you're pre-qualified, the answer is no. So on the surface, that seems okay, right? You don't want to jump for somebody that's unqualified. But the coaching on it was, how about you actually have a pre-qualification conversation where we give you the script and you ask questions of that unrepresented buyer calling on your listing, such as which home in the area do you plan on selling? Because what you thought was a crappy buyer lead of somebody unqualified, just wanting to waste your time might actually be a listing lead in disguise. And we do have a buyer pre-qualification script. Now the script is designed so you can have the, you know, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper where there's questions and there's blanks where you're supposed to put in the responses of what they're supposed to say. It's a script what, you know, you're having a conversation, reading a conversational outline. Some of you don't like the word script. I get it. Conversational outline. Conversational outline with suggesting what you should say next again, because your egos are saying, I'm not going to use a script. I get it. So we're having, we create conversational outlines that are giving you strong suggestions of what you should be saying next, because when you say the things in the order in which we've said them, you will discover that the buyers and the sellers will respond exactly like we've told you on the script, give or take a couple, you know, words. And then you're going to start discovering that half of your buyers actually are sellers. You now are becoming a listing agent. And all the while you've been telling yourself, I don't have to call those people back or you don't call up your, you don't follow up with your leads or your lead follow up does not ask, actually ask tough questions worst case scenario which a lot of you do please stop doing this you get a buyer lead and you put them in a crm and you expect your drip campaign to somehow make those people into transactions call them pre-qualify them follow our system that's right so that's just one tiny example from one tiny coaching session you can imagine what our coaching clients are learning to move themselves forward one of the fun the most fun thing that the coaches see is they take about five minutes off of every session and our, our coaching clients share their victories. And they go something like this. 
I used your script to call 10 clients yesterday. I was only able to talk to five of them, but I got two referrals and one of them wants to talk to me about listing their property. I can't believe it. It's so fun to see you know they, them go through that process of unconscious incompetence where they didn't know what they didn't know. And then they figured out, maybe I ought to start using a script. Maybe I ought to follow a system, a schedule, the things in the Harris Rules book, the things that the coaches tell me every day. And even if they just follow half of it, they're already getting results. And that's just literally on a daily basis. The sense of relief, the sense of confidence, the sense that you're going to meet or exceed your goals. You said, you know, dream boards and goals are not the thing to focus on. Here's, here's why Tim said that. That's not the thing to lead with because if you do not have your skills going, you'll never make it to those goals. Your, your goals are important, but you won't make it without the skills to get there. In this market, your problem is not your mindset. Focusing on your mindset is something you can do when you've got a bunch of money saved and you have financial security. Your mindset will be fine then. Yes. If you want to have a powerful mindset, the way to do it is to get into action. If you want to really feel better, do something simple and basic like go on a 15-minute walk. If you want to feel really incredible, actually go and solicit a FISBO or an expired. Go take a listing. For me to this day, that's the only thing I miss about about real estate is taking a listing. Victory. That's it. Yeah. I, I didn't even care about when it sold. I just wanted to win the listing. That was exciting. It still is exciting. Well, but that's also called uh, unconscious competence because at that point, it becomes very duplicatable, very predictable, and it becomes way more fun when you've got those, you have unscripted because you learned the scripts, you personalized, and they're in your head. They're coming out of your mouth. You're getting predictable results, and you're like, you know what? I probably could do two listing appointments a day. How much fun would that be? And we, again, we are big advocates of goal setting. We're big advocates of, you know, having a strong, powerful mindset, but we're not big advocates of you getting in the business right now or being in the business right now and thinking that's where you should be putting all your best uh, energies is working on your mindset. Your mindset is not the problem. Your skill set is the problem. Improve your skill set. See yourself being of service to other people. See yourself making the money, actually doing it, not just visualizing it or having it on your dream board. And then you will find that your mindset is no longer even anything you ever worry about. You magically don't have any mindset issues when you're helping other people and you're making money. That is the absolute 100% cure-all for any of you who think you have a funky mindset. Learn how to be of service to other people, be of service to other people, make money, wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> Lather, rinse, repeat. Go take a listing. Your mindset will be great. <laughs> That's right. So guys, your homework is, of course, to go to uh, text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372 or go to members.timandjulieharris.com. Members.timandjulieharris.com. Remember, when texting, message and data rates may apply. And yes, of course, Julie and I are associated with eXp Realty. And if you're looking for, if you've not yet chosen an eXp Realty sponsor, it would be our pleasure. It would be our absolute honor for you to consider us. Yes, we are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor. The simple thing for you to do now is to text me directly on my real cell phone at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.